One of those words is password. One of those words is password. Then you get password for it. One of the ten words of vocabulary. So, Baha'u'llah Imagine that this starts at the age of two, what's going to happen to a person? Then, people used to be such that, okay, if you have five minutes free or less, what can you do in that time? There's nothing you can really do of words or studies or education. So traditionally people they would sit and make the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. So they're sitting in their car and their mom says, Oh, I forgot something. Let me go back and I'll be right back. So you're free? So what the person was saying, let me sit and make the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Now it happens. So you come back, takes it up, and just becomes back. Then after that the person has one minute free. So Shaitan invented another thing, it's called Twitter. Twitter means how ghafu can you be in one fifty characters or less? Micro ghafu. Micro Even Yebi is still ghafu given. Even if you have one minute free, do it, two minutes free, do it. But some people, they're free, even in Masjid. Even in Masjid, now we've seen the perfect situation was that sometimes the person happens to come early to the Masjid. So let's say, for example, I can see the Masjid. Let's say it's under 6.30, right? Let's say tomorrow it's changed to 6.45. And you didn't know that. If you show up at 6.30, right? MashaAllah. So what happens? You got the 15 minutes early. So what should have happened? Alhamdulillah, I got your 15 minutes early. I'll sit, make some zikr, salah, and so on. No. Inside of us. Now, in the beginning, even people at least had the other things sit in the back row. Way back in the day, people would use the phone outside. First of all, attention, they would go outside. Then it came, okay, to the main hall, stand by the door. Then it came in the main hall, then go to the back row. Then I've seen people in first row who come early. <laughs> and he opens up his messages. Okay, let's say there's no new message. There's no new message. Now what does he do? There's no new message. Then he reads the old one again. Yeah, he reads the old one again. He can't read Quran once, let alone read Quran again. He reads the old one again. He enjoys all of it. You see, it's a true truth. Look at what happened to us. It attached us, attracted us so much, so much. And you know, I'm letting you know, although most of you are youth, it's a problem in the men in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. You don't know how many wives write this letter to me that my husband is addicted to his phone. My husband sleeps with his phone and he has pillow side. Allah huh? Akbar. I say, he says, that is it Wi-Fi or is it Wi-Fi? <laughs> is this your Wi-Fi or is it Wi-Fi? So much love and loyalty. Huh? But all of this comes at a cost. The cost is Allah. Yes, that's how you think. That's how big the cost is. Because if you had recited Quran, you get closer to Allah. If you had made Dawah, you get closer to Allah. If you had read some Sirah, learned something about Dini, learned Tafsir, learned Hadith, you would have gotten closer to Allah. If you made some Salawat, Dirtif, made some Zikr of Allah, you would have gotten Allah. So every day we pay this cost, and we could have gotten closer to Allah, but we ended up being distant from Allah. This free time is a gift from Allah. Free time is a gift from Allah Ta'ala to be used to get closer to Him. Now all of us have free time. There's nobody here who says I have no free time. You wouldn't be sitting with me right now if you had no free time. Hmm? 
But the question is how do you use your free time just the name of the game? You study, no problem, we don't want to touch your studies. Study well, study hard, get the best degree with the best grades you can. You work, we don't want to move you from your work. Perform at the level of excellence in your job, profession, shop, clinic, factory, whatever it is. It's all about what you do in your free time. Another problem is that the education system is designed that it gives a young man a lot of free time. A lot of free time. If a person is 16 years old, you're capable of a lot. But the education system says, no, we're going to give you two and a half and maybe three months off in the summer. Oh, mashallah, how do you spend those summer vacations? No? It's about coming to an end now. Hmm? If I ask a 16-year-old boy, how did you spend your entire summer, which is two and a half and three months, well, with his answer that he gives me, I'll say, you could have done that in three days. <laughs> the three days worth of work, you did that in three months. But then you discover, that, oh, maybe he lost like 50 movies, or he surfed the internet, or he played 50 video games for 50 hours each. It all starts coming out. And you're 16 years old. Imam Ash-Shafi, he gave fatwa at the age of 16. Huh? It means you can say like he was Supreme Court Justice at age of 16. Muhammad bin Qasim at age of 16, 17, he was a general and he conquered sin. And today's 16 year old, he can't even keep his room clean. <laughs> he can't even keep his room clean. <laughs> he can't even keep his desk organized. Hmm? So what does it mean? Deen has power in it. Deen has power, youth is power. You're capable of much more than the West can tell you. The Arabs, the Sana Hadith, the Arabs used to raise their children on a saying, a poem. The poem in English it would mean that all young men, all young men, if you never attain greatness by the age of 20, if you do not attain greatness by the age of 20, you will never attain greatness at all. Imagine if you raise a generation like that. You must achieve and excel by the time you're 20. The early Muhammadin, they used to say that when a person is 20, they should study Hadith. What does that mean? That was in the beginning. Hadith was the climax. It means from age 7, 8, 9, 10, they memorize Quran. And from age 10 to 20, they will learn astronomy and geometry and philosophy and logic, those things. And they will learn Arabic and grammar and tafsir and fiqh and usul, those things. And it's helped now by 20, we will give them the crowning achievement and they should study hadith. Hmm? This was the feeling in our day. Now what did the West do? The West was very clever. In order to counter this Islamic understanding, they created the false concept of teenager. They created this new thing. So understand very clearly in Islam, there's no such thing as a teenager. You may say, I'm 14, what do you mean no such thing as a teenager? Hmm? Huh? In Islam, there's no such thing as a teenager. What does it mean? In Islam, there's child and there's adult. That's it, there's no middle category. You're a child, when you get the age to attain physical maturity, around 12, 13, 14, you become an adult. That's it. West said no, there's something in the middle called teenager. But the teenager means literally it would be 13 to 19. You understand? The teens. What was the concept? They said you're a teenager, so therefore you should do everything, see everything, hear everything, taste everything, try everything, experiment everything. And that's another way of saying 
do sin. Do sin and don't feel bad about that because if you want to choose taqwa, you can choose it at, in your twenties. This is their concept. So even they, poor fellows, may want to give them hidayah. They ended up in so many sins now. Teenage pregnancy, teenage violence, teenage crime, teenage drug abuse. If you Google any one of these words, you will find thousands of sites, thousands on this topic, thousands. They destroy themselves. They're <laughs> coming up with a topic. Hmm? Teenage juvenile, juvenile delinquent, juvenile delinquency centers. There's not one two people in these places. There are thousands sitting in these centers. They destroy themselves. But the problem is that the Muslims also fell on this trap. Also fell on this trap. But then the problem is that the teenage syndrome doesn't stop when they're 19. Once you tell somebody to do that from 13 to 19, it's not so easy to stop. So when they're 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, they keep doing it. Same sin, same ghafla, same problem. Even some people, it continues throughout their 20s, even in their 30s. So we call it late onset teenage syndrome. What it means, he's a 30 year old, he's acting like a 15 year old. Understand one thing is a person's physical age, physically is 30. Second is a person's emotional maturity. He's 30 years old, but he behaves like an 18 year old. Then is a person's spiritual development. Physically 30, emotionally 18, spiritually 3. Yeah? In spiritual infancy. Hmm? Spiritual infancy. Masalar, what does Islam teach? What does it mean now? No teenager, child is adult. So the child is physically 16, emotionally 20, spiritually 30. Imam is child, Physically 16, emotionally in his 20s, spiritually in his 30s. Complete difference. Complete opposite way of life. So until our Ummah returns to this understanding of you, we will never be able to progress. And another great thing about our Ummah was that ta'leem, which means education, always went hand in hand with tarbiyah, with spiritual training and upbringing. It wasn't possible that you get knowledge from some place without that very same instructor institution teaching you virtue and excellence and nobility and beauty and character and morals and ibadah and taqwa and sunnah and ayah. So what secularism did, it decided to separate these two things. That when you give Dali, you give education. And you give the highest quality education you can. You make Harvard, you make Oxford, you make McGill. But you must not give any tarbiyah tazkiyah at all. There should be no spirituality, no character building, no mention of taqwa, sunnah, Allah, no mention of Allah, no mention of wahi, revelation, scripture, no mention of anbiya, prophets, no mention of sunnah. Take all of that out. So then what happened? So when we went through such a system of westernized education, all that stuff was taken out, all that stuff was taken out, and then so much of the other stuff was put in. So then you end up with information, but you don't end up with a good heart. You don't really get true human development. 
اصل انسانیت میں آتی ریلی
if the person makes effort, they will get all that they strive for. Let me give you an example from Britain. Now listen to this carefully. We live in a scientific age, right? People love to talk about that. What does it mean? Science does not come for free. Science is not easy. Nobody can be a scientist in an easy way. To be a scientist, to research in science, to discover, to invent, requires a lot of hard work and effort. And people, they put that hard work and effort in. Let me give you an example of medicine. So medicine, about 20, 30 years, yeah, 30 years now, there was actually, first we should start 40 years ago, there was a doctor who came up with an idea. What was his idea? He called it heart transplant operation. And the other doctor looked at him, you're crazy. No, I want to do this. So what do you want to do? I want to take the heart of one person out, and I want to put that heart in another person. I want to take the heart of one person out, and I want to put it in another person. And the doctor said, you're crazy. This will never happen. Okay, now what do you think he did? Was it easy? No. He made hard work. He made effort. He did research. He built a team. Then he tied it on some animals. That's when you do these things. He tied it on some animals. Love of huh? That's another story. And then he succeeded. Now how do they do this? Obviously it's somebody who died, right? You're not going to take the heart of a living person out of murder. Huh? Oh. So somebody has died, but they died with a healthy heart. And within 24 to 36 hours, or probably less than that, you have to take their heart out. Then there's somebody who's living, but they have a very dirty heart, clogged heart. Hmm? So you take their heart out. Obviously, now there's a bit of a gap. Once you take their heart before you get the other one in stitched up, there's now a gap. So now you have to have some machines you have to invent to keep them running, to keep the blood flowing. They said, okay, we invent that also. They invented all of that. All the systems that are required to run the person, that they can't invent it for a long time, but they invented it, it could run the human body for enough time that the first heart is taken out, the second heart comes in. And then in the 80s, they started doing it, and now actually, it's not considered such a, it's quite increasingly widespread. It's becoming more common now to have a heart transplant operation. Whatever you make hard work for, you will get it. Now what they're trying to do, which is a bit of a philosophical and theological and Islamic dilemma also, and Allah alone if they will be able to do it, it's called brain transplant operation. Brain transplant operation. So sometimes it happens a person, for example, has an accident and they become what they call brain dead, vegetative state, coma, and they leave another person who's dying. Now here it's a bit of a strange situation. Right? Most Allah most likely they won't be able to do it because like I told you the first person has to die, right? Now apparently it happens that the first person dies, you can still use their heart. But they're more coming to the conclusion that if a person dies, their brain is dead if they die. You won't be able to take it out and use it. But if they were to pull this off, it would be quite awkward because the brain is a person's memories and so it's like changing the person. Right? Allah what they're doing. But the, they're trying. So this is very, the point is they're trying. They're working day and night, millions of dollars of research, budget, trying to figure out brain transplant operations. So let me give you another example close to your home. You can all of you use computers, right? And not only do you use your own personal computers, computers are running this world. The big lie is to do the flight computer. 
so many things, all the factories are being operated by computers. So we live in a computer age. It's not just your whole PC. It's a whole age of computers. All right. What runs a computer is a microprocessor chip that is actually the brain of the computer. What is the core ingredient of that chip? It's called silicon. That's why back in the day, i.e. before China, these things were in California, and there was a place called Silicon Valley. So Silicon is a particular type of sand. So what does it mean? And some put their effort on sand, on particles of sand, Silicon, and they developed them in such a way that they became part of a chip that is the brain of the computers that run the world. And some put their effort on steel, and it became a plane that can fly in the air. So then imagine if some put effort on their heart, on their thumb, on their spiritual heart. Imagine what type of person they could become. That's why Dean teaches us that a woman who makes effort on their heart, they can become even better than the angels. Ya Allah, even better than the angels? Yes. Even better than angel Jibreel Yes, possible. Possible. Not many human beings will reach this potential. But that's how much potential Allah has put. So you have to make use of this potential. Now let me give you an example. The young boys will understand. Imagine if there's a Ferrari. You know Ferrari? Lamborghini, Porsche. Alright? Imagine if we get Lamborghini car and we give the keys to Dadi Allah. You know Dali Amma, Nani Amma, huh? Grandma, huh? So what's Grandma going to do with the Ferrari? Huh? Grandma will drive 10 miles an hour, right? Grandma will drive 10 miles an hour. So if you were to see that, what would you say? You say, Grandma, give me the keys. <laughs> Grandma, this is not what you do with Ferrari, huh? Give me the keys, I'll show you what this can do. Hmm? So Allah Ta'ala has put Ferrari Imam in your heart. And you're driving like grandma. Yeah. You're driving like grandma. Hmm? Going so slow. Hmm? Not being able to realize the power of this Imam, the power of Deen, the power of Quran, the power of Sunnah. Huh? And just like you wouldn't want grandma to drive the Ferrari slow, no? just like that you should not drive this race car of Imam slow in your life. Hmm? To go fast. Past track in taqwa, past in sunnah, past in hayat, past in bitter. You should go very fast in these things. It's never too early to start. Even 12 year old can be called Muttaqeen. 12 year old can be Salihin. 12 year old can be the Wali of Allah Ta'ala. You don't have to wait to be 60 years old and have a white beard and then try to become a Wali of Allah. No. At 12, you can become the Wali of Allah. In our Urdu, you can say, there's no mother not Wali of them. Who do I call him? Hmm? Allah Hafiz Sabeeda. Please subscribe. You should reach out for the sponsor. The last thing I can tell you for today is I'm going to tell you one way of doing it. One way. And if you begin this one way with the third, this will help you use and develop it in your heart. But, now you must listen very carefully because this is called secret zikr. This is called zikr sirri in Arabic. It means secret zikr. Now if I tell you how to make this zikr, it won't be a secret anymore. So, should I tell you how to make the zikr? 
Huh? But then? Will you keep it a secret? If I tell you how to make this zikr? Hmm? Huh? <laughs> this zikr is called zikr is simply secret zikr because it's secret from the angels. It's a secret from the angels. What is the zikr? So Sayyidina Rasulullah explained beautifully. From the day of judgment, the person will be standing in front of Allah Ta'ala and there will be his deeds and the good deeds will go on the right side of the scale and the bad deeds will go on the left side of the scale and then they will come to one place in the book of deeds that the angels wrote down that Ya Allah, there was a beautiful fragrance coming from this person. That's it. Allah Ta'ala will say, what is this? And they will say, Ya Allah, we don't know what it was. We have no idea. This is no amal that we saw on the person. So we didn't know what to write down. All we could do is write this down, that there is a beautiful fragrance coming from this person. And Allah said, oh yes, my angels, this was when this boy was remembering me secretly in his heart. So you didn't know he was remembering me. So you couldn't write down that he was doing bigger. But because he was remembering me secretly in his heart, so I love this remembrance so much, so you could feel a sweet fragrance coming from him. So now I, Allah, will reward him for that on this day. Allah will perfectly know. So how do you do the secret zikr? You remember Allah in your heart. One playing soccer, one playing basketball, one eating, one walking to class, one in the car. You don't even have to say anything. There's nothing to say, nothing to recite. You just remember Allah in your heart. You just have some feeling for Allah in your heart. Even if you want, an even easier way to do this is every time you start something, you just make this intention. So for example, the soccer match is going to start. You go out on the field and you make, in your heart you say, Ya Allah, I'm going to be playing soccer, but my heart is remembering you. Then you run, and you kick, and you jump. Hmm? But because you made this intention that my heart is remembering Allah, so all the time your heart will be remembering Allah. And no one will know. The other people playing, they have no idea you did this. They think you're just playing soccer. So you will be secretly remembering Allah Ta'ala and you can secretly remember Allah Ta'ala while doing everything. You walk into school, teacher walks into class, Ya Allah, I'm remembering you. What? Start class? My heart is remembering you. Me? My mind is in class? My body is in class? And my heart is remembering you. Your parents take you to go visit some family. You're about to enter the house. Ya Allah, my heart is remembering you. All the time, everywhere you go, you make the secret zikr of Allah Ta'ala, then you will see a change in your life. Then you will find your heart has more love for Allah Ta'ala. Then you will find that your heart understands Allah Ta'ala. Sometimes young men have questions. You don't even need the answer to those questions. All you have to do is remember Allah in your heart. When you remember Him in your heart, Allah Ta'ala Himself will put His knowledge and understanding in your heart. Everything will fall into place as long as you have the feelings for Allah Ta'ala in your heart. You should practice the zikr. And if you want to do even more, what you can do is secretly remember Allah's name. Allah's name, Allah. Hmm? You just imagine that your heart is silently remembering Allah's name. And if your heart is silently reciting Allah, Allah, Allah. For example, when you read Qur'an, and you recite Qur'an is the only book that when you read it, you pronounce it. Every other book, you know, when you read, you don't say anything. You're silently reading. 
chemists don't move. You don't say the words like you're reading a chemistry book, right? That in the molecule there are four atoms. You just read. You don't, in your lips, say, you don't read like this. You silently read. So this zikr means and you silently read Allah's name from your heart. You silently recite Allah Ta'ala's name over and over again. Allah, 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 Allah. So not with your tongue, you're just making sense and your heart is doing that. All the time you can make this intention. You're sitting in a class, heart is going Allah, Allah. You're driving, heart is going Allah, Allah. You're playing, heart is going Allah, Allah. Hmm? When you start this zikr, then you will get even more love for Allah. Then you will enjoy this so much, sometimes you will even want, third level, that Ya Allah, sometimes I just want to sit and close my eyes and just imagine that my heart is saying Allah Allah. Not even anymore while driving, while playing soccer, while teaching, while studying. Sometimes when I'm free, I just want to sit down and that's all I want to do. It's just my heart is saying Allah Allah and I'm sitting and enjoying. Hmm? So you practice this zikr, it will help you. Help you come closer to those. You're memorizing Quran, learning Quran, this zikr will help you feel Quran. It will make you feel Quran. Allah tells in the Quran that in this Quran, in the Tizarak and the Zikra, that indeed in this Quran there's a Zikra, there's advice, counsel for who? For that person who has a heart. How do you get this heart? By filling this heart with the love for Allah Ta'ala and the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. So you practice these three secret zikrs. Just make me if my heart is remembering Allah. And try to make me if my heart is making zikr of Allah's name, Allah Allah. And sometimes in your free time you can just sit there and imagine your heart is saying Allah's name. Inshallah Ta'ala, Inshallah Ta'ala. You will get nur in your heart, Allah Ta'ala's hidayah in your heart. You will get more feelings for deen, more passion and salah. You will enjoy Quran. You will get more sweetness. It's like adding more sugar. The more zikr you do, it's like adding more sugar. The more sugar you add, the more it will become sweet. The more sugar you add, the more it will become sweet. The more zikr you do, the more you will feel the sweetness of salah, the sweetness of Quran. May Allah Ta'ala accept this from us. May Allah Ta'ala make each and every one of us from his true, highest, honorable Salihin, Mudakirin, Mustaqeen, servants and slaves. Before we make dua, I'm going to make you sit and practice the zikr for one few minutes. So first you close your eyes to forget everything in the world. Close your mind to forget all of yourself. Make intention that, Ya Rab, I want to make zikr of your name from my heart. I want you to send your lure in my heart. Send your love in my heart. Fill my heart with your love. And make intention that my spiritual heart, the heart of my ruh, my kalb, is silently making zikr of your name. That my kalb is calling Allah, Allah, Allah. Make <laughs> Allahumma <laughs> ala
Fill in the green message with your victory in our heart. Engrave your name on our heart. Fill our heart with your love, you have to be green. We can want to be immortal, the secret to remember you. Sadly, remember you. Always remember you. Fill in the green message with the special rahma. The special mercy which is used. Accept them for deen. Accept their heart for deen. Accept their lives for deen. Accept their home for deen. Accept their time for deen. Let him be green, protect us from the fitna of the time, protect us from the fitna of the internet, the fitna of surfing, the fitna of smartphone, protect us from every activity that no longer leads to you, save us from every activity that leads us away from you. Let him be green, join us on Deen, connect us on Deen, unite us on Deen. Let him be green, we talk to this masjid of all the Imams, Madrasin, Musaleen, make it a community of taqwa. Community of Nuh, make it a place of Sukun, and make this masjid a place where the youth come and they find you, where the wayward come and they find you, where the sinner comes and loves you, where those who have forgotten you come and remember you. Then in the grain, make it a center of Nuh and Sukun, you love make the aging family of the children, and all their brothers and sisters, and all their parents and friends, and all their classmates and colleagues, accept them all for deen, accept them all for sunnah, accept them all to memorize Qur'an, learn Qur'an, love Qur'an, live Qur'an, share Qur'an, spread Qur'an, accept them for a life with youth filled of you, let them be clean, they want to spend their teens for you, they want to spend their life for you, they want to give their heart to you, accept their tender heart, Accept their young heart, guide them, Yadam, protect them, Yadam, nurture them, Yadam, accept them, Yadam, and those of us who are elder, Yadam, forgive us for all the sins that we did in our youth, forgive us for all the mistakes that we made, protect the young from falling in that same path, let them begin and make us also take heed, grant us to die, Yadam. Give us a second chance, Yad Bikrim. We also want to be true to you. We also want to be near to you. We also want to be dear to you. Guide us, Yadab. Help us, Yadab. Forgive us, Yadab. Make us strong once again. Make each and every one of us from your Muttaqeen, Zakirin, Salahim, Mu'minin. Ya Allah, Yad Bikrim. Rabbana Takamal Minna, Inna Ka'anta Sameen Al-Khaleel. Batum Walayna, Inna Ka'anta Tawab Al-Rahim.